So, who are Hasidim? In today's world, I often hear people who are not very familiar with the various groups of the Jewish community look at somebody who is observant or somebody who is called, there's like a newly invented term, ultra-Orthodox. I don't know exactly what it means, but somebody looks at someone who is ultra-Orthodox and they think they are Hasidim when I hear it and I I know that it's not the case, but I don't want to get into the whole explanation of who is what, and I just say, yeah, yeah, they are. So who are Hasidim? As you probably know, that every two Jews have three opinions, and you probably know that there was a Jew who was stranded on a desert island, and when they came to rescue him after finding him, after 10 years, him living there, he is showing them around how he lived there for 10 years. And he shows them one synagogue, then he walks around, and he shows them another synagogue that he built for himself over there. They ask him, why synagogue? He says, because I'm Jewish, I need to build a synagogue. But you are here alone, and you built two synagogues. Why do you, one person, need two synagogues? So he says, this one I go to, and that one, my foot will never step in. <laughs> so every Jew has a synagogue he goes to, and a synagogue he'll never go to. So we know that whenever there are Jews, there are always going to be different groups and fractions. And people often look at it as something negative, and it does not necessarily have to be negative. We need different groups because each one has its own way of expressing themselves, their own way of serving God. And if this is a group that is following the laws of the Torah, then within the laws of the Torah, we can have many groups, as many groups as, as we want. If these are groups that are not following the laws of Torah and they promote and they encourage doing something against the Torah laws, that's not something I would support. But within the Jewish community that is following the Torah laws, there are several denominations. People who are following the Torah laws are called with this nasty word, Orthodox. And within Orthodox Jews, there are different denominations. So this is how the Hasidic denomination started. Throughout the Jewish history, most of the time, thank God, Jews were living in healthy Jewish communities. And they had their children receiving Jewish education. And that's how it was for, for centuries. The first time that you had Jews in mass ending up being raised without the Jewish education was after the pogroms of Bagdan Khmelnytsky. In the Jewish history today, we talk a lot about Holocaust as the greatest tragedy that we always think of. Bagdan Khmelnytsky's pogrom destroyed as large of a portion of Jews as Hitler, if you look at Bogdan Khmelnytsky, was a Ukrainian leader who was the leader of Cossacks. And he is famous in Ukraine and Russia because he united Ukraine and Russia together. By doing that, he gave Ukraine the protection of Russian Empire that it needed to wage wars primarily against Western neighbors like Poland. And uh, on the other hand, Russia benefited from it agriculturally. 
So it was a union that was beneficial to both sides. But after uniting the two countries, you see, before the two countries were united, Ukraine needed Cossacks as their army. It was their unofficial army, and Cossacks were living primarily on the border of Ukraine-Poland, and they were the force that Poles were fearing, and that's why they were not attacking them. The Cossacks that were living on the border with Russia were protecting the Ukraine from, from Russia. But then, after the two countries united, then people weren't trying to attack Ukraine anymore, and many of the Cossacks were left doing nothing. They had no jobs anymore. So Bogdan Khmelnytsky was the head of the Cossacks, and under his leadership, Cossacks started making pogroms all over Eastern Europe. They would come to the Jewish villages, ransack them, kill or more often torture to death people who lived there. And they were specifically targeting the Jewish villages because of, first of all, anti-Semitism, but also because Jews were not protected class. They, were, they would be afraid to ransack a Russian village or a Ukrainian village because of the government and also because they felt that these are their own people. But they were specifically targeting Jewish villages and often these pogroms were also inspired by the church and often directed by the Russian government as well as a retribution or form of punishment and so on and so forth. So, so there were many factors there because these Cossacks were there. Their income was from whatever they would loot from these villages. That's what they would have to eat and to drink. And uh, they, you know, sometimes were encouraged by the government to do that also and by the church. So during these pogroms, this is when the Jews, for the first time when they were living in Europe, were displaced in mass. They were Jews who lived in various countries and they were expelled from various countries. But the largest number of Jews was displaced in mass after these pogroms. So, after pogroms of Bogdan Khmelnytsky, Jews were displaced because they were running away from their villages into larger cities. And in larger cities, they had, first of all, no Jewish community established, and uh, they had no income, because primarily their jobs were on, on farmland. They were making their money with agriculture, and many trades were prohibited to Jews, and these were trades that many city folk did. These were the jobs that were available to the people who lived in cities. So Jews were, first of all, very, very poor. They had no way of making money. Number two, they didn't have a Jewish community established, so there was no synagogue schools to go to for children. And that created a generation of Jews who were raised without proper Jewish education and without proper Jewish support, because Jews have always lived in their communities. And that created two sets of people. They were the educated elite who still had money and they were sending their children to good yeshivas. And this educated elite primarily lived in Lithuania because Bogdan Khmelnytsky's pogroms did not reach that far north. So the center of the Torah learning became 
Lithuania, and then the rest of Eastern Europe were primarily common folk people. Many of them were Torah scholars, those that were able to afford it, but in mass, Jews were very uneducated, and the educated elite was not welcoming them. They were looking down at them because these were people who maybe they wanted to be good Jews, they wanted to do the right thing, but they didn't know the basics of Judaism. They were trying to keep whatever they can, but there was very little that they knew, and they were torn away from their Jewish education, their Jewish tradition, and then appeared a person whose name is Baal Shem Tov, Israel Baal Shem Tov, and he was the founder of Hasidic movement. When these Jews that were less educated or uneducated, when they wanted to be good Jews, they primarily were preoccupying themselves with the study of the Jewish law, because that's what you need to, to know to be a good Jew. Other parts of the Torah, like more philosophical, mystical, spiritual, were sidestepped completely. And that's why the mystical and Kabbalistic part of the Torah were lost among the majority of Ashkenazic Jews. Sephardic Jews were still keeping this, uh, this tradition because their communities were much more stable. But Ashkenazic Jews lost this mystical and philosophical side of Judaism. In other words, Jews wanted to do the, the right thing. And when a Jew who, is, who did not have a chance to learn in yeshiva is coming to rabbi, he's good, just going to ask him, rabbi, tell me, is this kosher or that's not kosher? How do I keep Shabbos? Rabbi, don't give me the philosophical meaning of Shabbos. That's not what I'm here for. You just tell me what to do. So Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidic movement, came into the picture specifically to revive this spiritual side of the Torah. And he believes that this is, first of all, what has been lost from Judaism. But number two, this is what is needed today because these Jews are torn away from their own brethren and they're looked down upon by other educated Jews and they needed this mystical side of the Torah, the spiritual side of the Torah, in order to regain their connection to Judaism. And he would travel throughout Eastern Europe and teach common folk. And primarily he would teach them through stories, parallels, metaphors. He himself was a great Torah scholar. And his students were great Torah scholars that would study the depths of Jewish law and Talmud along the way as they were traveling. But for the common folk, he was starting from the very bottom. And he was encouraging singing and dancing as a part of the Jewish practice when other people who were calling themselves educated elite, they would look at singing and dancing as, as a waste of time. You've got to learn, and then when you finish learning, you, you go to sleep. If you still have a minute left, then, uh, then learn. Why are, you, why are you singing and dancing over here? So Baal Shemtov was the founder of this Hasidic movement. So Hasidic movement is the movement that studies not only the Jewish law, but also the spiritual part of the Torah in non-Hasidic circles, and they are 
called Litvaks, the Lithuanian Jews, specifically because, as I said, the center of this educated elite was in Lithuania. The, the Lithuanian Jews, it doesn't mean that their ancestors come from Lithuania, but their ideology comes from this Lithuanian movement. So the Litvaks, the Lithuanian Jews, or non-Hasidic Orthodox Jews, they do not study the, the mystical part of the Torah at all. Hasidut, the Hasidic teachings, are based on Kabbalah. So the Kabbalistic tradition that was prevalent in the Jewish community, and again, Sephardic Jews have, have carried it much better than Ashkenazic because they had much more stable Jewish community with established Jewish, Jewish education. Right. But uh, Ashkenazic Jews have lost uh, this Kabbalistic tradition, and Hasidut came to revive it. Mm -hmm. 